Well, you know, saving, investing, and planning for a financially secure retirement is a major challenge for, well, just about everyone. And let's face it, it can be especially difficult for some folks more than others. Welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And joining me is Catherine Collinson, founding CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute and its Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies to discuss the current state of retirement security among U.S. workers and how demographics can influence their ability to successfully prepare for retirement. But before we get started, just a reminder that we'd love to hear from you and learn more about the topics you'd like us to cover or simply give us some feedback. So please drop either Catherine or me a note at info at transamericacenter.org. Now, Catherine, I understand that you and your team recently did a pretty deep dive into demographic influences on retirement readiness as evidenced in a survey report you published entitled Emerging from the COVID-19 Pandemic, a Compendium about U.S. Workers' Retirement Outlook. Well, got to say, that sounds like a fairly substantial body of work. So perhaps you could help us by unpacking this and sharing what you found. Fantastic, Al. The compendium is based on a survey of employed workers at for-profit companies and was conducted in late 2021. The compendium offers more than 35 key retirement indicators by demographic breakouts, including household income, full-time versus part-time employees, and level of educational attainment, among others. Our research finds that many workers are inadequately saving and are at risk of not achieving a financially secure retirement. And when we think about this, we live in a time when there's widespread concerns about social security, traditional pensions have been vanishing from the retirement landscape, and workers are increasingly expected to self-fund a greater portion of their future retirement income. To illustrate our concerns, our survey finds that almost half of workers, 49%, expect their primary source of retirement income to come from 401ks, 403bs, individual retirement accounts, or IRAs, or other savings and investments. However, their total household retirement savings in all retirement accounts is just $67,000. That's the estimated median. And when you think about it, $67,000 just doesn't go that far in a retirement that could last 20 or 30 or more years. Well, Catherine, it's been said many times that, you know, our money doesn't go as far as it used to. And going by this retirement figure you just referenced, uh, that's probably not going to travel a very long distance either. So why don't we start by delving into some of the groups that are more vulnerable to look at uh, some potential interventions and hopefully some solutions. That sounds like a plan. Al, at risk of stating the obvious, uh, it's a lot easier to save money if you have money than if you don't have money. Lower income workers are facing a double whammy because they have less income available to save and they're less likely to be offered retirement benefits by their employers. Only 6 in 10 workers with a household income of less than 50000 are offered a 401k or similar plan by their employer compared with approximately three in four workers with a household income of $50,000 or more. It's hardly surprising that retirement savings increase dramatically with household income, but you still may be astonished by the orders of magnitude. 
Workers with a household income of less than $50,000 have saved just $3,000 in total household retirement accounts, while those with household incomes of $50,000 to $99,000 have saved $42,000, and those with a household income of $100,000 or more have saved $172,000. These figures are the estimated medians. Retirement expectations are also really critical. Almost half of workers with a household income of less than $50,000, 48%, expect to retire at age 70 or older or do not plan to retire. 35% expect to primarily rely on Social Security in retirement. Well, I've got to say, just listening to the uh, figures that you just quoted here, the, the gulf between those groups and respective numbers is absolutely astonishing. And uh so given this disparity, what steps can be taken to help the lower income workers improve their retirement outlook? The single most important ingredient for a worker to achieve a secure retirement is access to meaningful employment with competitive compensation and benefits throughout their working years. Workplace retirement savings plans, such as 401ks or similar plans, have proven to be the most effective way to promote savings among workers. Expanding retirement plan coverage so that all workers have the opportunity to save in the workplace can be especially helpful for lower income workers. Also, raising awareness of the savers credit, a tax credit for retirement savers, can be helpful too. Our survey found that fewer than half of all workers are aware of the Savers Credit. You know, I'm glad you referenced the Savers Credit. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, uh, we recently dedicated an episode of this podcast to Savers Credit. So I, I hope and encourage uh, listeners to check this out. Now, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to turn our attention to the difference in retirement readiness between part-time versus full-time workers. Many employers offer health, retirement, and other benefits to their full-time employees, but they do not extend eligibility to their part-time employees. With lower pay and less access to employer-sponsored benefits, part-time workers are at a disadvantage in saving for retirement. Our survey found that only 19% of part-time workers strongly agree they're building a large enough retirement nest egg. Also, To illustrate the benefits gap, slightly more than half of part-time workers, 51%, are offered a 401k or similar plan by their employer, compared with 77% of full-time workers. In terms of total household retirement savings, part-time workers have saved just $29,000, while full-time workers have saved well more than double that amount, $74,000, in their total household retirement accounts. And these figures are estimated medians. Almost half of part-time workers, 48%, expect to retire at age 70 or older or do not plan to retire. And almost three in 10, 29%, expect to primarily rely on social security in retirement. Well, as noted, we recently discussed new retirement legislation, the um, SECURE 2.0 Act of 2022. And if memory serves me, I think you mentioned a provision that will actually assist more part-time workers gain some access to employer-sponsored retirement benefits, right? 
Al, your memory serves you correctly. Beginning in 2025, Secure 2.0 imposes more stringent requirements for employers offering retirement benefits to extend eligibility to their long-term part-time employees. In the meantime, I also want to offer a tip for part-time workers. Our research finds that most part-time workers are doing so because they have other life responsibilities, such as parenting, caregiving, going to school, or even transitioning into retirement. My tip is this, is to consider if and when the time comes and it's feasible and appropriate, consider going back to work full-time. Find an employer with competitive wages and a robust benefits offering can help boost your financial security and help improve your overall retirement prospects. Good counsel there. And, you know, I guess, you know, what it really comes down to uh, is, you know, your personal circumstances regarding opting for part-time versus full-time employment. But, you know, given the numbers you shared, uh, the financial savings figures here are pretty compelling. Now, what I'd like to do is shift gears into the next demographic analysis, uh, which uh, addresses level of educational attainment. And look, come on, with the skyrocketing cost of higher education, we've likely read or even heard news stories questioning if, in fact, the expense of a college degree is really worth it. So I'd be interested in your team's take regarding the retirement prospects of those without a college degree versus those with a degree. Al, our research finds that having a college degree makes a huge difference. A college degree can bring career opportunities, higher pay, and better employer benefits, all of which translate to improved retirement confidence. Among workers age 25 and older, our survey found that those with a college degree are twice as likely as those without a degree to be very confident in their ability to fully retire with a comfortable lifestyle. 35% of those with a degree are very confident compared with just 17% of those without a degree. To help further illustrate the gap, more than four in five workers with a college degree, 82%, are offered a 401k or similar plan by their employer compared with just 67% or two-thirds of workers without a college degree. To look at total household retirement savings, workers without a college degree have saved less than one-fifth of the amount of workers with a college degree and total household retirement accounts. Specifically, workers without a college degree have saved just $32,000, while those with a college degree have saved $170,000 in total household retirement accounts. These are estimated medians. And more than four in 10 workers without a college degree, 42%, expect to retire at age 70 or older or do not plan to retire. Almost a third, 32% expect to rely on Social Security as their primary source of retirement income. Well, Catherine, it sounds like this research uh, really does speak for itself. And, And as far as the cost of pursuing a degree, allow me to inject an observation regarding the local community college and state college options, because I found during my days uh, doing corporate recruiting that uh, those candidates uh, armed with uh, degrees from those institutions were successful and, uh, oh, by the way, didn't carry the sizable college debt hanging over their shoulders afterwards. 
Now, in that vein, and circling back to our recent podcast about Secure 2.0, I believe you might have also shared some good news indicating that the new legislation also has a provision to make it even easier for workers to save for retirement while paying off their student loans. Yes, there is good news. Thanks to Secure 2.0, employers offering a 401k plan may add a feature that enables them to make a matching contribution to the plan in the amount of an employee's qualified student loan payments uh, if they're unable to save in the plan. This is terrific news. What we see in our research is younger generations are graduating from college with higher levels of student debt, and they have competing financial priorities. It's super important for them to get started on their retirement savings journey to fully leverage their long-term savings horizon, but for some, it's just not feasible. So this new provision in Secure 2.0 is kind of a best-of-both-worlds situation. They can pay their student loan repayments, the employer can make a match contribution into the plan, uh, reflective of those payments, um, and they're off and running on their savings journey. Well, Catherine, as we wrap things up here, we've heard loud and clear a a common theme, uh, specifically the importance of expanding access to workplace retirement plans. So then what encouraging words uh, could you provide our listeners today, uh, letting them know that help is in fact on the way? Policymakers have been focusing heavily in this area. Secure 2.0 makes it easier and more affordable for small businesses to adopt a 401k or similar plan or join a multiple employer plan or pooled employer plan. Also, at the state level, many states are in the process of implementing state-facilitated retirement savings programs. However, we all know progress takes time. In the meantime, workers without access can still save in tax-advantaged retirement accounts on their own. Stay tuned because we're dedicating an upcoming episode of ClearPath, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth on how to save for retirement if you're not offered the opportunity to save in the workplace. Well, I look forward to that too. And and at the very least, uh, Catherine, it sounds like some measures are in play or at the least uh, in the works, and, and that's encouraging. And finally, before I let you go, you also touched on a couple of other items that I'd like to you to comment on uh, before we wrap up today regarding workers' expectations of working into older ages, well as expectations of reliance on Social Security. So could you, you know, touch on those briefly for us? Absolutely. Let me take both of these themes one at a time. So the first theme that you touched on, expectations of working longer and retiring at an older age. Many workers across demographics expect to work beyond traditional retirement age and plan to continue working in retirement. Doing so can bring income and benefit and opportunities to save, as well as help bridge savings gaps. It can also provide opportunities to stay active, maintain social connections, and have a sense of purpose. However, in order for this vision to become a reality, we all have to be ultra proactive. We have to safeguard our health so that we can continue working. And very importantly, we have to keep our job skills up to date and in step with the employment market. 
The second theme that you mentioned, social security. This is a really big topic and something that we all need to be focusing on. Many people are expecting to rely on social security and retirement, either wholly or at least for a significant portion of their retirement income. I encourage all of our listeners, especially those expecting to rely on Social Security, to learn as much as possible about their benefits and claiming strategies to optimize them. We dedicated an episode of this podcast to Social Security Explained, and if you haven't listened to it yet, I hope everyone will check it out. Also, with regard to Social Security, I encourage everyone to stay abreast of any potential changes that could affect them. Given Social Security's funding status, we know that reforms are imminent, but we don't know when or how they will take shape. So it's something that we all need to be paying close attention to uh, because any changes, in fact, likely will impact our own retirement planning. Amen to that, Catherine. And as always, thank you for your thorough research and sage guidance. And for our listeners out there who are interested in the research report we've discussed today, Emerging from the COVID-19 Pandemic, a compendium about U.S. workers' retirement outlook, you can find it at www.transamericainstitute.org. Until the next time, I'm Al Waller. Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. 